listening to Bose Podcast, the official podcast of Bose Cavern, Ottawa's premier upscale drinking society. Now here are your hosts, Matt and Taylor. Top of the morning to you, or should I say top bow the morning to you, because this is Bose Podcast, the official podcast of Bose Cavern, Ottawa's premier upscale drinking society. It's not morning here when we're recording, uh, but you know, hey, if it's morning, afternoon, evening, we're not going to discriminate. So we're talking about St. Patrick's Day. Uh, we're talking about all things Irish in Ireland, and I guess The Simpsons too, because this is a Simpsons show, right? So we'll talk about uh, the Irish in The Simpsons. So I'm your host, Matt O'LaFrance. I guess that doesn't really work with LaFrance because there's already an article there. But uh, And uh, I'm here with my, uh, well, everyone's Irish on St. Patrick's Day, right? So my Irish co-host, Taylor O'Mitchell. Hey, Taylor. Uh, that's Taylor Fitzmitchell. Hey, Matt, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> And of course, as always, we have our producer, our in-house musician, Kevin O'Ballantyne. How's Hello. it going, Kevin? Uh, it's going all right. O'Ballantyne. Oh, that's got a nice ring to it. So O'Mitchell oh, sounds good. O'Ballantyne yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Ola yeah. France does not. Ola France. We, it is, of course, St. Patrick's Day, where everyone is a little bit Irish, except for, of course, the gays and the Italians. Which I should point out is a Simpsons quote in case any gays or Italians are offended by that. (laughs) Uh, Of course, said by the uh, the enduring Kent O'Brockman. Yes. Are are you Irish at all, Taylor? I believe there's a bit of Irish in there somewhere on my father's side. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Not in a meaningful way. Not in a meaningful way. But I do. I do enjoy a Guinness. Okay. So yes, our apologies to any gays and Italians we may have offended, and our apologies also to the Irish who will probably offend. I mean, last uh, last week we managed to offend the Australians, and I think the Manitobans. We're, we're an equal opportunity podcast, you know. We uh, we insult everybody equally. I like to think, like the Simpsons, you know. Ex- exactly. If we haven't insulted you yet, we'll get to you. Just be patient. You're nobody if you if we haven't insulted you yet. <laughs> We're talking about all things Irish today. We're going to be talking about shamrocks and leprechauns and the color green. We're going to focus on three Irish-centric episodes of The Simpsons. Uh, we got season eight, Homer versus the 18th Amendment, which had the St. Patrick's Day parade at the beginning. We also had another St. Patrick's Day uh, celebration in uh, season 20's uh, Sex Pies and Idiot Scrapes. And then in season 20, again, we had The Simpsons go on a family trip to Ireland in in the name of the grandfather. Uh, another uh, you know Simpsons international trip. We talked about this actually on the Australian one. Uh, I think we said Australia was the first international trip for the Simpsons, and we also talked about uh, their trip to Japan in thirty minutes over Tokyo, and uh, of course to Canada in Do Canada. Uh, they have been to a lot of countries, haven't they? I think, as we said, whenever they go to another country, the host country inevitably ends up feeling a bit put off by their portrayal. You know, I was watching the season 20 episode uh, where they go to Ireland. And, you know, first of all, I have to say, like, I am one of the kind of golden age fans. You know, I, I lose interest somewhere around season 13, 14. Um, but the, I actually thought this was a really well done episode. And the one thought that really struck me during it was wow you know for this family that you know purportedly has no money uh you know they they're they're not supposed to be considered particularly well off these are really worldly kids (laughs) they've traveled to every continent just about by now except for antarctica well they managed to put together enough money to fly to ireland after having purchased a hot tub yeah (laughs) that's the dream right there the american dream 
I I would have thought like the 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 hot tub purchase would have um put a little dent in their bank account and maybe they would have had to hold off for a year before going to Ireland, but no. I don't know. I know. I, I assume uh, Homer still has some of his B sharps money. <laughs> no, he, I, he he had to have blown the B sharps money on you know the air conditioner repairs. It's <laughs> that's true. Well, you know, Bart did ask about uh, you know what happened to all the B sharp money, and he knows that that's a tale for another time. So <laughs> we'll have to wait for that episode. Maybe we'll get an explanation someday. Haven't be haven't we been waiting almost thirty years for that though? I mean. Good things come with patience. Good, good, good things come with time. He, he he also invented grunge, according to one episode. So shouldn't he have a lot of money from that? Okay, if you recall the episode where he invested his uh, money in jack o' lanterns and right. didn't sell his shares before Halloween, he's clearly not good with money. So <laughs> they were going to peak around January. Maybe that's where the B sharp and the grunge money went. <laughs> In pumpkins. It's all coming together now. So we need a, a drink before we get into the episode. And so that is why we have our resident mixologist, my partially Irish brother. <laughs> we are, we're, we're a quarter Irish. So we're also a quarter German and then half French. And despite the fact that, you know, the French has, you know, the um, majority, it still surrenders to the German part. <laughs> And there goes our French listeners. Anyways. But we gained some German listeners. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. Guten Tag. Hey, Adam, how's it going? Oh, it's going well. Back by popular demand. Well, I'm back anyway. (laughs) Welcome back. We kind of went without you last time, and I, I did go a little mad with power. And, you know, like that Albert Schweitzer fella. I listened. I noticed. And I didn't get I didn't get nearly drunk enough. So I did go rogue. But, you know, now that uh, you're back, I hand the reins over to you. And if you can please walk us through a nice Irish drink. Oh, before we get to the drink, I uh, am afraid I have uh, your very first fan correction. No, I believe our ancestors came from Belgium, not France. So (laughs) we're French Canadian. Well, yes, but uh, okay. I just, yeah, I'm just saying because it's applied like we're. Oh, sorry, I didn't say France, French. I. I like that the correction is is nothing Simpsons related. He's just correcting you on your own heritage. Yeah, it's a very. I, I appreciated that. Thank you for correcting me on my genealogy. It's the most personal of corrections in in the history of corrections. But yes, Taylor, it's the most personal corrections since uh, Mayor Quimby uh, told him his name is actually Larry White. I know my own name. We'll see. <laughs> so what are you making for us, Adam? Are you making us a delicious Australian Shiraz? Oh, yeah. It's uh, pouring it right now. I got a very expensive bottle, as you can see, because, you know, unlike our audience, you can see it. Keep spending all your money on booze. Booze and avocado toast. What can I say? I like my, I like my vintages. <laughs> Avocados were a little pricey today. I, I splurged on grapes. I splurged on grapes. I went to the grocery store and I was feeling extravagant. Grapes. Splurged on grapes. That's just sad. I don't get the whole thing for avocados. First of all, you have like a 30 second window for which they're actually like, you know, yeah. ripe enough, but not too ripe to actually eat them. It's, you know, I just, it, I just blink and you'll miss it. Today. 
I don't mean to, uh, you know, make you feel old there, Matt, but I don't think you appreciate avocados because you're not a millennial. And, and we just have an appreciation for, for avocados that you'll never understand. No, I'm a Gen Xer, which means I'm a latchkey kid who grew up on craft um, dinner there. And while you were busy being disaffected, well, we were putting avocado on toast. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, craft dinner, of course, you have to eat with ketchup, you know, fancy like Dijon ketchup. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so what do you got for us, Adam? So this one, I believe we're talking about grandpa's Irish drink. If you recall, the recipe was uh, laid out for us, told us everything. So it's a shot of Bushmills whiskey uh, served in a potato floating in Guinness. Although, of course, it doesn't float. Potatoes don't float, especially in Guinness. So to do that, you have to put toothpicks, which I like actually detail. You can see he did put toothpicks in it to hold. And a uh, fun note, I should have put an extra toothpick in the Taylor's drink when I made it because, unfortunately, the potato slipped and there was some spillage. Although oh that gosh, made, uh, that. yeah, that made Zoe very happy because uh, <laughs> she didn't mind licking up the spilled Guinness on the floor. And that's the story of when Zoe the dog got drunk with us. Yeah, that was a great time. <laughs> I didn't realize uh, Zoe was an Irish setter. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> so, you know, there was something else special about that drink. I don't know if you remember what it was. It was actually the drink that founded Bo's Cavern because I just made it, you know, for a lark. And then all of these uh, chums were like, hey, you need to do this every month and videotape it and put it on YouTube. And I guess I'm weak-willed. And I said, okay. That's true. I was looking back at that first, the, the photo of us drinking the Irish drink the first time we ever did this. And that was a long time ago. I was first kind of getting to know you guys then. Good times. That's true. Although um, when we made the video, uh, that was actually the one year anniversary because that's, that's we did right. not film it the first time I made it because nobody came up with this whole cockamimi idea. <laughs> now, Adam, if I recall from the episode in the name of the grandfather, the Irish drink, uh, didn't the bartender, Tom Flanagan, spit in that drink to make it uh, authentically Irish? Yes, Grandpa, he complained. He said, I said an Irish drink. And so then the uh, bartender spit in it. I uh, modified it slightly and I added a drop of spring water. I didn't think, um, although our group, you know, has grown together, you know, we've become very close, but I don't think they would appreciate me spitting in their drink. We're not that close. Especially not now in the age of COVID. We've sort of rethought hygiene, I think, as a society. <laughs> Actually, Although, no, we, were, we, were, we were ahead of our time, though, because we were avoiding spitting in each other's drinks even pre-pandemic. I was always against spitting in drinks. See, you're a pioneer, Adam. <laughs> Some people call me a little too fancy, a little too la-di-da, but... <laughs> That's usually me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I stand by my no spitting in drinks. Anyway, so... I will say, much like your most popular drink, the single plum floating in perfume served in a man's hat, that like this drink, pretty much everything was just given to you. It's right there in the name. But uh, no, this was good, good drink. See, that's why I decided to make it. I thought it was fun. It was St. Patrick's Day. I'm like, what if we had a Simpsons themed drink? 
And yeah, it didn't require the sort of work that the other ones do. But like, even if you think of uh, a single plum floating perfume, Sir Demand's hat, didn't want to drink perfume. It requires a little more creativity. This one is just right out there. So now that we have our Irish drink in hand, uh, maybe before diving into St. Patrick's Day on the Simpsons, we can talk a bit about the background here, about who St. Patrick was. So obviously, he's the patron saint of Ireland. He's credited with driving the snakes out of Ireland. I think that's the extent of what most people know. So he was born in Roman Britain in the 4th century. He was taken by pirates at the age of 16, where he was brought to Ireland as a slave, tending to animals. It was during this time that he found God. So six years later, he escaped and he returned home. He became a cleric and subsequently returned to Ireland as a missionary, preaching Christianity and converting the pagans. Now, of course, we associate St. Patrick's Day with the color green. Everyone wears green that day. Uh, but did you know that originally it was associated with the color blue? Really? Yeah, he was depicted as wearing blue robes. Uh, George III created a new chivalry order for the Kingdom of Ireland called the Order of St. Patrick. Its official color was a sky blue known as St. Patrick Blue. Later, when Henry VIII declared himself King of Ireland, making it part of England, the color green became associated with the Irish, who rebelled against the crown, as the legend that was uh, St. Patrick used the green shamrock to teach about the Holy Trinity. So the Order of St. Patrick disintegrated after the establishment of the Irish Free Society, but still technically exists to this day. There are no knights, uh, but with the seats filled by members of Ireland's St. Patrick Cathedral Choir, who still wear blue robes. So drinking, violence, destruction of property. Are these the things that we think of when we think of the Irish? Are you telling me that there's more to it than this? So I should say March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. It's the day associated with uh, his death. And uh, in Ireland, it was more of a religious holiday than in North America, where it's treated as a big celebration with lots of drinking. So originally, the pubs were closed in Ireland during St. Patrick's Day as it fell within Lent. Of course, March 17th also marks uh, the day of another very important patron saint, which is St. Gertrude. I don't know who St. Gertrude is. She's the patron saint of cats. <laughs> I think that's also worth celebrating. I'm a cat person. I, you know what? I'm a cat person as well. So <laughs> um, first I've heard, I, I think there's a saint for everything. I think so too, but... Um, Although... St. Patrick was not technically uh, an official saint because he was never canonized. Okay. I was wondering, did all of this knowledge of St. Patrick come from your years of Catholic school? Or did they not teach the fun stuff like this? Yeah, nah, they, they never taught us anything fun in Catholic school. <laughs> it came from being in a pub. Beautiful. That's where I do my best learning, too. So, they so put Taylor, signs up. Taylor, I'm French Catholic. <laughs> Or is it Belgian Catholic? I'm not sure that's a thing. <laughs> so how about we'll talk about the first episode, which was uh, season eight, Homer versus the 18th Amendment from March 16th, 1997, written by John Schwartzwelder, directed by Bob Anderson. And we had just a bombardment of Irish references right in the beginning of this episode. And actually, some of this was uh, from the writer's room, a little homage to Conan O'Brien, who Ooh. previous writer and uh, producer on The Simpsons until season five, liked to pepper Irish <laughs> references throughout the show. And so they just wanted to go full tilt on the Irish references 
in a little nod to Conan. Taylor, you already started off with the reference of uh, Kent O'Brockman there. Sure did. I did love that Bart shows up to school as the only one who forgot it was St. Patrick's Day, so he's not wearing any green. (laughs) I like Lisa's smug little, that's funny. I don't feel stupid. (laughs) I liked how everyone gangs up on him and they're pinching him. And Lisa (laughs) says, hey, nobody's pinching his legs. (laughs) (laughs) That was like, Lisa had power there and she was just drunk with power. She was getting back at all the times Bart picked on her, I guess. (laughs) So there's one scene with the parade that was problematic. You'll recall there was a shop, John Bull's Fish and Chips, which after the parade has descended into chaos and violence, ends up exploding. So this episode aired while the conflict known as the Troubles was still ongoing in Northern Ireland, only four years after the infamous Shank Hill Road bombing, where an IRA bomb killed 10 people at a fish shop in Belfast. And so the scene was originally censored in Britain, Ireland, when it aired and was for many years afterwards. I was going to actually ask if there was any concern about Bart being drunk on the side of the censors. Um it seems like that might have been something that might not have played that well. I, I thought I'd heard that as long as it wasn't him who got him drunk, like so like that it was an accident, then I think they were fine with it. So I don't know what the original plan was, but uh, John Schwartzwelder said that he had something even worse in mind when he originally wrote the episode. <laughs> and so that was a tamer version, what they did. Bringing in, bringing in the horn and having it be yeah an accident i I love the scene where homer had the barrel on his head and he's like look at me i'm the prime minister of ireland (laughs) so in that scene when homer has the barrel on his head you can see lenny with him at moe's he's standing right next to him but then lenny is also at the parade which is happening simultaneously because as i recall they're watching it on tv there so you know lenny kind of points out here comes like you know the, the the free beer with the and they have the, the beer can in there and they're shooting beer into the crowd. And then it cuts later to Homer watching Bart drunk at the parade and Lenny's right there with him. How was Lenny in two places <laughs> at once? Uh, a wizard did it. I sure hope someone got fired for that blunder. But in all honesty, I've seen that episode, you know, t- at least 10 times in my life. I don't think I've ever noticed that. <laughs> until now i didn't until well, now now i'll never unsee it yeah once once you've seen it you can't uh you can't go back yeah <laughs> so i don't want to stray too much from the irish references in the show either so we have uh, more we can cover but i will say this about uh, homer and the 18th amendment that it did give one of the best simpsons quotes ever to alcohol the cause of and solution to all of life's problems which according to uh, Simpsons writer and executive producer Josh Weinstein was the best, most truthful Simpsons statement ever. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that, and it's got to be one of the more it's got to be one of the more quotable moments of the show. Yes. So originally, it was supposed to end Act Two of the episode, but they moved it to the end because they thought it was just a great way to cap off the episode. I you wonder know? where, and I wonder where that would have been if it had been like like I'm, I'm thinking of what scene it would have been part well, of what what closed off uh like act two was where it was uh where he's like i'll get you one day beer baron he's like no he won't yes i will won't and of course uh rex banner played by the great canadian dave thomas <laughs> not the dave thomas who's behind wendy's but of sctv fame one half of Bob and Doug McKenzie, the Canadian hosers of the Great White North. 
and a pretty pretty obvious nod to uh, Elliot Ness. Yes. Yes. I, I never watched the show The Untouchables, but I do remember the movie with uh, Kevin Costner and Sean Connery, and I do love that movie. It's got some of the best Sean Connery quotes there. You know, if he brings a knife, you bring a gun. If he puts one of yours in the hospital, you put one of his in the morgue. Now, I know that's not the best Sean Connery impression, but uh, it's certainly no worse than what they've had on The Simpsons. <laughs> but then we get another St. Patrick's Day parade in uh, season 20's Sex Pies and Idiot Scrapes. So that's the episode where Homer ends up becoming a bounty hunter. Although we get a little different parade at the beginning of this one because it's Springfield's first non-alcoholic St. Patrick's Day because of all the... <laughs> destruction and chaos and mayhem that inevitably happens at every other St. Patrick's Day parade in Springfield's history. Uh, of course, things don't go well. Once the uh, Unionist North Irish meet up with the, the nationalists of, you know, Republicans there, uh, once with the green and the orange meet, and uh, we get another riot. A brief moment of harmony followed, followed by a riot. The way Springfield is with St. Patrick's Day was very similar to the way Ottawa was in its earlier days. Um, like every St. Patrick's Day would be a riot, basically. Really? Yeah. It was in the early days of Ottawa when old world prejudice against the Protestants and the Catholics was still around. And so every St. Patrick's Day, the two would mix on the street and then a brawl would break out. Ottawa was definitely a rough town. So if you recall in that episode at the beginning, they had the Springfield River dyed green, uh, kind of like how they dye their Chicago River every year. So they've been doing that since 1962. Originally, pollution control used it to trace sewage discharge. It was an orange chemical that turned green after contact with sewage. But uh, Stephen Bailey, so a member of the Chicago Journeyman Plumbers Local, saw co-workers' white overalls had been stained green, and he thought that would be a unique way to celebrate St. Patrick's. So the following year, they dyed the river, uh, running through downtown Chicago green. Now, originally, they used 100 pounds of the chemical which kept the river green for about a week. Uh, they then scaled back and found the right amount to keep it green for just one day. Uh, four years later, they switched to a vegetable-based powder dye that was better for the environment. That's commitment. They dye, they dye the whole river in Chicago. <laughs> That'd be fun to see. Green River. Now, of course, in Springfield, Mr. Burns says that the river is green because of the nuclear power plant. So St. Patrick's Day parades are really a North American tradition rather than Irish. So the first was in 1601 in the Spanish colony that is now St. Augustine, Florida, started by the Irish vicar Ricardo Artur. New York is probably famous for its parade, which started in 1772 by Irish soldiers in the English military. There were actually several individual parades operating uh, by various Irish aid society in New York at the same time until they all amalgamated in 1845 into one big official parade, which continues to this day and is the oldest civilian parade in the world. I was just going to ask, when did St. Patrick's Day become less of a religious celebration and more of a, you know, an excuse to to get out and, and hit the pubs at nine o'clock in the morning like Homer and his buddies did? So I think I mentioned before that St. Patrick's was more religious originally in Ireland. Uh, pubs were closed, but the pub closures were lifted in the 1970s. So it's actually a rather recent phenomenon where there are big St. Patrick's Day celebrations with parades in Ireland. As the Ireland Tourism Board in the 1990s tried to build upon the popularity of that in North America to encourage tourists to visit Ireland. And we have a bit of a parallel holiday in the Simpsons universe, of course. Um, 
at least parallel to kind of the the cultural origins of St. Patrick's Day, which is of course Whacking Day. That's true. We had St. Patrick who allegedly at least drove all the snakes out of Ireland and Whacking Day is essentially an homage to that. So I also thought originally that Whacking Day was inspired by St. Patrick's because of the legend of St. Patrick driving out the snakes from Ireland, although it turns out there never were snakes in Ireland. The last ice age took care of that. Uh, But it's a metaphor for the pagans, whom St. Patrick converted to Christianity as a missionary, as the Druids had a snake as their symbol. So writer George Meyer wanted to do an animal-conscious episode, and he was influenced by an annual ritual called the Rattlesnake Roundup in Sweetwater, Texas, which has been going on since 1958, where uh, they beat snakes. Oh my god. (laughs) Sounds cruel. I I, I know. It's it's very cruel. Sorry to our Texas listeners. If, if there are any of you, let us know. Well, I don't know. Let's not be too sorry. I mean, they are beating snakes for entertainment. True, 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 true. It was later <laughs> discovered by Bart that Whacking Day was oh. not, in fact, invented by Jebediah Springfield in 1775, but rather in 1924 as an excuse to beat up the Irish. <laughs> so then we actually get to probably the most Irish-centric uh, episode, as uh, the other two they have the bits on St. Patrick's Day at the beginning of the episodes, which really uh, is a way of launching into whatever else the episode is about. But yes, uh, season 20, episode 14, In the Name of the Grandfather, March 17th, so St. Patrick's Day 2009, where, where the Simpsons do go to Ireland. And what's interesting about this episode is this was the first time that it was broadcast in Europe ahead of the US. So it wasn't broadcasted until March 22nd on Fox, but uh, it was broadcast on March 17th at Sky One. And it was actually part of their best 20 years ever celebration. So uh, Al Jean, James Brooks, Nancy Cartwright visited Ireland and they participated in the St. Patrick's Day uh, parade in Dublin. Fun. Mm. Nice way to promote things. Simpsons take a trip to Ireland. And, you know, Taylor, like you were saying, I'm a fan of the, the classic episode of the series. And I think that's kind of the focus on a lot of the this podcast here. But this was a, a good episode. And I think my favorite part of this episode was the casting of Colmini as yes. Tom Flanagan. Yes. So I don't know if you're a Star Trek fan at all, Taylor. I'm not, but I, I have um, I have some appreciation. Let's put it that way. Okay, we, we already established, you know, you're not a Star Wars fan. I'm culturally deprived in a lot of ways. <laughs> Kevin, I know you're a Trekkie. Yes. Yep. Yes, I am. <laughs> so, Wait, I've, yeah. I've, I've, heard, I've heard that um, you don't like to be called Trekkies. It's Trekkers. Is that correct? So I don't know exactly how this happened. The original was Trekkie. It changed to Trekker. So I'll say that there was a convention where Gene Roddenberry referred to a Trekkies and someone tried to correct him and say it's Trekkers, to which he responded, no, it's not, that he invented it. But uh, hey, to each their own, whatever they want to be called, that, that's on them. I don't care either way. I always heard it's Trekkie, so I don't know. <laughs> it, it was originally Trekkie, and I don't know, Trekkie somehow became offensive. I don't know on what basis. How was that offensive? <laughs> or- yeah. Well, that's nerd. exactly no. <laughs> that's exactly what I what I have heard. So I actually I used to work with a woman. And she she was an older woman when I worked with her, but she was the biggest trekker um, that I've ever known. She used to go to conventions and and dress up and and all of it. And I was so fascinated because she was you know she's quite a bit older when I knew her. But um, I used the word trekkie once and uh, was sternly corrected. Oh really? I I was. But she didn't say why she found trekkie. She, no, she just said she just said that it was considered um, offensive. Yeah, 
I think I think Kevin's okay. right. I think it's, it's got a bit of a nerd connotation, um, and people, you know, kind of brush off Trekkies as um, Trekker as, as doesn't certain... sound nerdy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Although... I think it's all. I think it all sounds pretty nerdy. But uh, whatever people want to be called is okay with me. I'm okay with being nerdy. I like to say that I was uncool before it was cool to be uncool. So, <laughs> well, you know what they say: it's hip to be square. For as it says in the Bible. The geeks shall inherit the earth. Yes, yes. we will. But uh, yes, Colm Meany, Irish actor, star of various television shows and films. One that comes to my mind is the 1995 film with Hugh Grant, the Englishman who went up a hill but came down a mountain, which has the distinction of one of the longest movie titles. But he will always be Miles O'Brien from Star Trek The Next Generation and uh, later Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And Kevin, I don't know if you watch Lower Decks, mm -hmm. but yes, they did. I think in like the third episode, they had a, a statue of Miles O'Brien and they established that he was the most important person in Starfleet history. <laughs> yes. But there were a lot of great Irish references in this episode. Uh, I mean, they visited Blarney Castle, mm -hmm. where Bart painted his butt as the Blarney Stone. You can always count on Marge and... Uh... And Lisa, at least, to see the sights whenever they go on vacation. Mm -hmm. The Guinness Brewery. The secret recipe. Yeah. What was it again? Secret. Oh. <laughs> on the Guinness plant, Fox needed to negotiate a special deal with Guinness in order to have the brand appear on the episode. Oh, yeah. And then they integrated that as part of their advertising for their 250th birthday. Oh. Love it. I will mention that the, because uh, you mentioned they flew over. Um, the airline they flew on was Dairy Air. Yeah. Dairy Air. <laughs> yes. I like that. I think we had all things Irish there. We had River Dance. They showed the Giants Causeway. They apparently arrived in Ireland on Bloomsday, which and is an annual tradition where fans of uh, James Joyce's Ulysses go on a day-long pilgrimage on uh, June 16th, which is the date in the, the novel, which was set in 1904. Can I just say that I love that idea? And I would, I mean, not, not with Ulysses. I've never made it through the book Ulysses. I never even tried. Quite an endeavor. Um, but I love the idea of um, kind of following the path that's set out in a book. Like, you know, doing the road trip from on the road or, or a catcher in the rye tour of New York. I've always thought that would be so cool to do yeah i really like this idea so i mean with this uh, event it, it's named after the main character in the book leopold bloom and the date of it is set the date of uh, james joyce's first outing with his to-be wife nora barnacle who was his muse you know he picked that date to set his novel now that's annual tradition that celebrates this book and that character and i, th I think it's lovely Yes, I, I, I love that idea. Although uh, I don't think Bart was very impressed by it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't. I don't think uh, reading for pleasure has, has too much importance in Bart's world. There was one other reference I actually wanted to say. Do you recall the, the busker there, the guy singing? He was singing the song from the movie once. That was the same character from the yes. movie once. Once was was probably that, that was I guess right around the time that would have come out uh, around two thousand nine. So that film came out in two thousand seven. Yeah. So Irish film once with the uh, musicians Glenn Hansard and Marquetta Erglova, and they reprise their roles. I've never seen the movie, but you know I saw it way back when it came out. But I, I think that song was actually nominated for an Oscar. 
Falling Slowly, which did win for Best Original Song at the 2008 Oscars. And yes, that was the song. And the whole bit about her having a husband and him buying her a piano, like everything from the movie. And I think it's great that they were able to get them to, to come back and just reprise their characters. When Homer and Grandpa get in trouble for running the smoke easy there, and they end <laughs> up in front of the judge. And Homer's just, you know, saying about all the things he loves about Ireland. Newt Rockney, Larry Bird, and Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> So Newt Rocky was a football player and football coach at Notre Dame. He was actually born in Norway. <laughs> and, Larry, and Larry Bird, of course, played for the Boston Celtics. Yeah. And I don't get the Mr. Potato Head reference other than the judge himself looks like Mr. Potato Head, but I don't get well, the connection to Ireland other than potato. Irish potatoes. That's what mm. I was assuming was. So there's actually a problem with that episode. Do you recall that they're going to Ireland because it's on grandpa's bucket list? And he says, you know, he wants one more drink at Flanagan's because he served there during World War II. But Ireland was neutral in World War II. That's right. The thing with this episode hinges upon grandpa having been in Ireland during World War II, but Ireland was not involved in World War II. They were neutral. They've been neutral since the 20s. Was he uh, AWOL? Went AWOL and took a little took a little dip down to Ireland for a pint or several. I could well, Grandpa's it. been a little fuzzy about what he was doing during the war. <laughs> I mean, and, and his 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 uh, his historical knowledge in general is, uh, let's say, a little a little inconsistent with reality. I mean, wasn't he a, a German cabaret singer for most of the war? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> he also he owned the first radio in Springfield, and the that's only thing right. on it was Jefferson reciting the alphabet. He was also part of the uh, Flying Hellfish uh, during the Second World War as well. So I, I think the whole him being in Ireland, while historically inaccurate, also contradicts previous depictions of his involvement in the Second World War. So not that The Simpsons has ever really been big on consistency. <laughs> especially, especially when it comes to Grandpa Simpson. Back in 1992. We focused on these three episodes, but there's been so many great Irish references throughout The Simpsons. The episode Radio Bart, where it was Timmy O'Toole was the name that Bart gave to the uh, the, the, the boy who fell down the well, <laughs> which apparently was a reference to a book, uh, Tim O'Toole and the Wee Folk. I didn't know that at the time. No, neither. Uh, whacking Day, we already said, you know, it was just an excuse to beat up the Irish. And Mr. Burns has the flashback to when he was a boy. And he had like the, the bumper cars there <laughs> and he just <laughs> ramming it against the groundskeeper there. You know, and it's like, Oh, the yeah. poor crippled Irishman. Yeah. <laughs> he starts laughing. Oh, what was, what was I laughing about? Oh, that crippled Irishman. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I love it. The day the violence died when you had the original itchy and scratchy cartoon there. And itchy runs afoul of an Irishman. Look out itchy. He's Irish. And Chester's on the piano playing when Irish eyes are smiling. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. So I think one of my favorites is in Brawl in the Family when Ned is living with his Vegas wife, Ginger, and she asks him to Irish up her coffee. And uh, he responds, watch the swears, honey bear. We don't use the I word in this house. <laughs> I always like that one. What was it with Homer? He, uh... Oh, no, it was Grandpa who, who got the Irish out of Springfield. Me, that's who. Homer and the Vigilante. Yes. Yes. Who, who got rid of the Irish in Aunt Four? Oh, yeah. that was it, yeah. And then they had the Irish guy there. It's like, and a fine job you did too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was the same Irish guy who was, uh, when they said, you know, Whacking Day was originally for, you know, beating up the Irish. <laughs> for Whacking Day, yeah. Well, he's and a good sport about it all. 
Good sport about his various abuses. And of course, they also had uh, appear a few times, but it started, I think, the Halloween episode was the uh, Leprechaun. So Leprechauns are obviously very associated with St. Patrick's Day. Did you know May 13th is Leprechaun Day? Oh, really? I love that. Yeah, they have their own day. I love that. May 13th, we should do an episode about Ralph and the Leprechaun that tells him to burn That's things. That's true, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And the name Leprechaun comes from the old Irish, meaning small body. Uh, they were mischievous fairies. Uh, in the original folklore, they wore red instead of green. Mm. In addition to be associated with uh, hidden pots of gold at the end of the rainbow, they were also depicted as shoemakers. Yes. And, and now, like, you know, our modern depiction of the uh, Leprechaun is actually somewhat offensive because it's really a caricature of Irish stereotypes. Oh, it's yeah. Always, you know, the red hair and, you know, the wearing the green there and, all right, so how do you guys uh, feel about launching into a little trivia here? Let's do it. Oh, always good. Okay, so the trivia questions I have, they're going to come from the three episodes we discussed, but they're just going to simply focus on the Irish aspects of those episodes. And there's going to be some random Irish questions from other episodes. So, you know, if, if you don't really remember, say, sex pies and idiot scrapes the rest of it after the saint patrick's parade don't worry it's only going to focus on the irish stuff so same rule throw up your hand if you want to answer bring it on all right let's do it and and those listening you know feel free to play along as well so number one in the fictional town of Dunkildary in ireland which is at the forefront of Ireland's tech revolution. What were the three tech companies that they showed? Taylor. Hewlett Fitzpackard, Microsoft, <laughs> and Cisco Systems. Excellent. <laughs> I really loved that part. <laughs> I, as did I. <laughs> Number two, who was groundskeeper Willie's Irish nemesis? Adam. Uh, that would be groundskeeper Seamus. Very good. In Homer versus the 18th Amendment, we had the St. Patrick's Day Parade. What were the four floats that were in the parade? Adam. Let's see, there was the uh, Drunken Novelists of Ireland. There was a small Irish family consisting of uh, many, many children. Nope. <laughs> that, that, was, that was in their episode. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's that right. I'm getting the uh, different... Um, oh, this, this qualifies me because that was a different... Uh, you can keep going if you can name the rest. Can you name the rest? Or? Um. Because, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, there was two parades. Let's see if I can remember them. Um, uh, Anyone can help them out if they one. want. Uh, there was straight Catholic priests, which only had uh, two priests. That Wrong was the, parade. That was the later one, too. Uh, I guess I'm just thinking of the later one. I'm getting so the there, mixed up, though, too. I can't remember the, which one was. So so season eight definitely had um, the Irish police, but I can't remember what the name of the float was. Um, it said 2,000 years of Irish cops. That's what it was. Oh. <laughs> but I think I am tapped out with that one. The other yeah, two just said Pot O' Gold and St. Patrick. 
Mm. Oh, okay. And they were just kind of filler between the Irish cops and the drunken Irish novelists. <laughs> Same episode, St. Patrick's Day celebration at Moe's. There's three signs up on the wall. What were the three signs? Oh, Adam. Adam. I <laughs> uh, do you recall there was help wanted. Irish need not apply. Help wanted. No Irish need apply. Yes. You're you not supposed what? to start with the funny one, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought they're all funny. Okay, never mind. Well, no, the other two were just Aaron and Gobra, which means Ireland forever. Oh, Kiss okay. me, I'm Irish. And then, yes, the help wanted, no Irish need apply. The next question, don't bother putting up your hands because this goes to Taylor. Oh. In Sex Pies and Idiot Scrapes during the St. Patrick's Day Parade, what did Mayor Quimby say was his full name? <laughs> uh, Joseph Fitzgerald O'Malley Fitzpatrick O'Donnell, the edge Quimby. Spot on. You got them all. <laughs> nice. Love it. <laughs> Same episode. According to Mayor Quimby, what did the Irish give the world besides drinking? He says three things. Paddy wagons. Shamrocks. Or was it shamrock shakes? Shamrock shake. Shamrock shakes. And folk dancing without moving your arms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Adam, you can have this one. Number seven, number seven in the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Sex Pies and Idiot Scrapes. What were the floats in the parade? <laughs> How many were there? Three. All right. Well, let's see. Yeah, I think, I I think you mention... said all three. So... No, he uh, said two of them. I said oh, two. Okay. I mentioned the a small Irish family, which consisted of many children, many, many children. And there was a straight Catholic priest, which had about a dozen chairs, yet only two priests to fill them. And one more. I might have to go for best two out of three on this one. <laughs> Anyone want to fill in? <laughs> it was Irish boy most resembling a potato. Oh, oh yes. that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he looked really happy. Yeah, he did. <laughs> number eight when same episode when the two groups of irish meet what names does mo use to describe them what does he call the two groups adam i do remember the prods and the cathies prots prots and cathies for so protestant for protestant and catholic yes okay related question what did Lisa say was the difference between the two groups? Kevin. It, it always comes down to transubstantiation versus consubstantiation. Well done. <laughs> okay, so number nine. How did Homer get into the U2 concert in Trash of the Titans? Adam. He put on a hat, carried a large sack, and said he was the potato man. I love that scene. <laughs> Best response, where the hell have you been? Where the hell have you been? <laughs> okay, last question. I think this came up in our conversation. What is the secret Guinness recipe? Adam? 
bog water and chocolate syrup. And I remember the ratio is 50-50. <laughs> that completes another round of Simpsons trivia here on Bo's podcast. And that does it for our show today. So thank you as always to my co-host Taylor Mitchell and our producer Kevin Ballantyne, to our resident mixologist Adam LaFrance for mixing up Grandpa's Irish Drink from the Season 20 episode In the Name of the Grandfather, and to your audience for joining us today for a very special St. Patrick's-themed episode. This drink and many other Simpsons-themed drinks can be found at Bo's Cavern on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please like and subscribe to this show on your preferred podcast platform. We'll have more episodes coming your way. Also, feel free to drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Matt LaFrance saying may the luck of the Irish be with you and keep chasing that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Take care and Aaron Gobrock. <laughs>